Hi, my name's Maeve Doyle. This is A Private View. It's a show about the art world, the art market, artists, curators, collectors, critics, auction house experts, and other individuals who blur the boundaries of what's known as the art world. Today, I have the privilege of talking to artist Justin Bauer, who was born in San Francisco. Uh, it's a place that it's a place in America that's colloquially known as the Wild West or a new frontier, uh, not to mention Silicon Valley. So if you think of new ideas and new concepts, you think of the West Coast. With that said, it's not a surprise that uh, Justin Bauer is from there. It's also no surprise he studied philosophy before earning his master's in fine arts. He paints what frightens him, which must be heightened by 20 times during the current global situation, which is a pandemic. If, you, if you've been anywhere or you're listening to this a year from now, we are in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. Uh, One of Justin's themes is technology infecting the body, or perhaps a dystopian future. Hello, Justin, how are you? I'm really thrilled to meet you. Uh, it, It was a deep dive into your work that messed with my head. So I'm now terrified too. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled to to be talking about uh, about art with you. Did I get your introduction right? Uh, yes, you did. I, I've, Seems pretty good. I've read street artist and Los Angeles street artist and a book titled that you're on the cover of. Is there is there more to your development as an artist that I've missed out on? I don't think so. I mean, I I, um, I I wouldn't say I reject the idea that I had any sort of come up, uh, you know, coming up through street art or anything. But for some reason, you know, after my first show with Dace, people liked to put me in that uh, in that category, which I didn't feel was correct. But I think I've kind of come out as a more, you know, dealing with the, the, the figure subjectivity and uh, and technology more than it has anything to do with uh uh, kind of a street art uh, feel. So my intro was perfect, and I just messed it up by asking the question. It's sort of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to question one before I before we go any further. He, I, yeah. I, uh, I had a great time researching you, as I said, and talking to different art dealers like Patrick Painter about you and your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first thing I want to do is take you back to the kind of American story, which is very important right now with the politics mm-hmm. and the coming election. Can you tell me about your childhood, the influences, your parents, and the cultural atmosphere in San Francisco in the 80s? Well, my father, I believe, I think he always wanted to be a, a, a Charles Dickens of, of sorts. But he came from a, a broken home, so he went kind of a more stable route, which was an attorney. But he loved writing, and my mother was actually a dancer, ballet sort, and uh, and then uh, entered into modeling in uh, in San Francisco. So I was, yeah, I I think I was introduced to life uh, in that bohemian feel, and and then it, it kind of uh, evolved into more of a, a just the typical uh, suburban uh, kid in the 80s. So I, ha- I have those bones, I suppose, as far as uh, being in the humanities and the arts and stuff. But 
we moved uh, from San Francisco down to uh, Santa Ana now about five six years after I was born. So, so we kind of took that. Uh, I think my parents took that vibe and brought it to the suburbs, and um, and I guess you know the rest is history. So your mother was a dancer. Your father was a lawyer. That's a nice mix, mm-hmm. a great balance. And I imagine there was incredible conversations. I, I, I think I look at your work and I see uh, detail and a, a very clear, focused vision. I have to ask, did you grow up with a, a lot of discipline in your family or were there more open-minded West Coast values? a little bit of both my parents believed in in when I mean, for instance you know we weren't allowed to to watch tv during the week it was uh, so i i would find myself uh late at just drawing for the sake of if if anything and my dad uh, and mom had uh, my mom was a big uh dig as you can imagine she was a dancer that he paint dancers and my dad what just loved uh, history and uh, and art history, and so I would I would go and uh, and mindlessly uh, try to basically copy you know the, the masters, and so I and I also was uh, was big into sports. My father was um, actually recruited to uh, to play for the uh, Red Sox uh, in baseball, and uh, however it was during the Vietnam era, and so he was shipped off. And uh, mom was uh, extremely into uh, sports, and of course, you know the discipline of dance. So I, I say that it was it was a mix of of uh, of discipline and yet uh, creative freedom that I found uh, it, that actually you're you're bringing out now. I haven't even really thought about that, but it seems to have infected my work. And, and I'm I'm certain that the concept of the Vietnam War has somehow penetrated the nature of your work as well. I think, I I don't remember a lot about it, but I have cousins who married Vietnam vets, and I, I can't imagine what it was like having a father that went to Vietnam, a war that really changed the nature of war in America, at least, mm-hmm. and then having your father's alive. Yes, yeah, both. So he came Doing home well. from the Vietnam War as well. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that. I'm sure that was a big story. Well, he was actually he was he was uh lucky enough because he was um a college graduate. So he became an officer on a naval ship. So didn't really as he says it, uh, uh he doesn't talk about it a lot, but he didn't see a lot of action as they say. Um, but it was still, uh, you know, he was still in a war. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think what I what I see when I look at your work and I hear that, I'm like, these things in our subconscious do burble up. And I think it, it sort of makes sense to me. I'm going to go on to the second question because mm-hmm. the narrative is creating a nice outline of who you are as a person and, and, and why you do make the portraits you make. Uh, your work is instantly recognizable. So, in a sense, what you've just told us helps. But is the character a self-portrait? The character, the face that you draw, a self-portrait or a portrait of an alter ego you've created? Or do you even think in those terms? No. In fact, I don't, I don't even think in terms of portrait. Um, they're more 
avatars or archetypes. I'd go so far as to say they're just armatures uh, for me to hang paint on that have the the figure as as uh, as a starting point. So what I I, I was really interested in um, in abstract uh, expressionism, but then you know I started off really I just I, I saw the meaning in uh, figurative uh, painting and portraiture, but I I just I the the exhilarance of abstract expressionism also got me too. So I, I really struggled to find a way to put those two together in a meaningful uh, way that, that it would be timely and could only be made in this time today uh, as far as uh, understandability. And, um, and I really just, I, I saw an opening where you know, this new technology was was bubbling up and I myself was experiencing it personally. And and so I, you know, I just I said, what what's missing in in the in figure painting today? And I, you know, let's 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 deal with it. And so the heads meaning to go through the heads and into a more environmental uh, figurative space. But it seems to, at the time, about 10 years ago, it it really hit a nerve. And um, so I've been doing, uh, I've devoted my my career to that and also uh, to opening up a new um, dialogue with uh, the full figure and uh, placing it in um, kind of a virtual space. So, I, I mean, to be like, I, you know, these are, these are really, I'm trying to get to a universal um, idea of humanity and it just seems that the the quasi um, female um, I, seems you know it, and there's this, a sense of beauty in that too for me so I'm I can't get the images out of my my mind and I see a lot of art I live in London there's museums everywhere but there's something mm-hmm. that's so contemporary and at the same time futuristic about your portraits because we've all been talking on Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and just having these heads come through with all this energy that's coming off the canvas it's they're electrifying paintings and disturbing and shocking and yet they're also familiar and that's weird that's a weird thing to accept when you see that the eyes are blurring and there's pixels coming out of the head and it could be traumatic and yet uh, and yet it, it looks like it's something that we do every day when we're waiting for a screen to get the image clear or a connection to come through not to mention the film and literature that we've read in science fiction uh, mm-hmm. Do you care to comment on any of that before I go to the next question? Um, yeah, I actually I I wanted it to be familiar, uh, yet disturbing, and then also um, electrifying. I mean, you know, I I wanted to, you know, I wanted to to pop off the the uh, the canvas, but I think that's where you know discipline comes in with trying to to make a connection with people because there's a sense of realism 
that I used, um, although I'm trying to get you know, further and further away from that without uh, completely uh, destroying the figure. But it's it, it's this it's this um, balance that I that I like to do that I like I like having that familiar. So you you enter in it even without the the, the art historical knowledge. You could actually you you can understand it, and I I, I wanted that I wanted I wanted it to be uh, a universal understanding with, uh, of course, the mystery of of um, of what art. Um, should be like i think damien hurst said something like you know i want to make things that people would uh, if i left out on on the street people would take home and uh meaning you know the everyday joe would would understand um these pieces and uh and would covet them are meaningful I I, lo- I love that you mentioned Damien Hirst. He just had his end of the century. The work that hasn't been seen at uh, his gallery on Newport Street, and yeah, the, the the extent that society has evolved since the time he made those pieces is uh, very clear, especially in the way that we relate to animals. So I know that he was speaking so accurately about the problems in our culture at the time when I look at it with 20 years down the road with hindsight mm-hmm. it just shows that he was capturing something that was real at the time that has changed mm-hmm. but also that sort of ready-made the ready-made that we all relate to and and in a sense I, I won't go on about the ready-mades I'm going to go to the next question which is about mm-hmm. Velasquez Francis Bacon and the uh, portrait of Pope Innocent, uh, in in my opinion, there's something of a connection to th- that sort of disturbing, violent human condition and your work. And I, maybe I've even read it when I've been researching your work. Can I open that up for discussion? Yeah. Um, well, I think um, Valesquez was just the, uh, I think this is the pinnacle high watermark of that type of painting and bacon used that uh and going back to an armature or an avatar he used that to then express what was within him and what was uh going on at his time and i think it's a good um uh good example of of what i did was when i first started these heads i took a uh, uh just a random depersonalized photo of a of it, what looked like it was, uh, you, you couldn't tell if it was a female or male. And I wanted that anonymity. So in a sense, that's kind of what, I mean, except that he took a very uh, famous painting, but it wasn't his and it wasn't his, uh, it wasn't his image uh, that he created, but he did start with that and then went on to, to make many, many uh versions of that and in a sense that's what i've been doing since the first ed and i think you could probably i've been i guess compared to bacon but when in fact you know you see bacon's paintings they're quite um thin and they have some some major mark making but i i think i deal uh with a little bit more um i guess american style uh and maybe a little German too. But anyway, I guess that's, uh, that's what I had to say. Well, there. <laughs> I've got more. I, I mean, your 
your roots are Irish Catholic. I wonder if there's Catholicism based in that. We know that uh, religion isn't particularly popular at the moment. However, it is loaded with semiotics and symbolism, mm-hmm. uh, which is a gift for an artist. Does your Catholicism play into this? You didn't just accidentally pick two pictures of popes. I actually have a a, a series um, that I call the, the genuflection series. <laughs> and so it, it clearly has uh, some roots um, in me. I, however, I, I turned it kind of on its head and was... I was looking at the spirituality. For instance, I, I took like uh, the typical Bernini or uh, or El Greco, where these saints are looking up to God. You know, they're they're searching for meaning or um, um, some sort of uh, answer from God. And so I did these 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 paintings of, of the, you know, big heads and they're, they're looking up, you know, searching. And it really had to do with, are we replacing religious uh, thinking with the almighty tech gods and uh, AI and, and, and all this stuff? Is that, is that now the heavens we're, we're searching for? And does that give us meaning and, or does it not? So in that way, it's, it, it is very connected. The images you make have a cautionary message that resonates non-verbally. It's just a fact when you see them that you know there's an emergency of some kind going on. So if you can Mm -hmm. describe in five words what you paint in your pictures, what would the five words be? (laughs) You know, there's a funny story about Hemingway. He was, I think, at a bar, of course, and somebody uh, comes up to him and says, uh, hey, you know, you're supposed to be this uh, this writer of brevity uh, and impact. Give me a story in five words. And uh, when I read this, it just it shocked me because it was so brilliant. And um, he says he says to the guy, "Okay, well, for sale, unused baby shoes." <laughs> and that. Concoct, if that doesn't concoct uh, a whole novel in your head, I don't. I don't know what would. So I, I think I'm not nearly as brilliant as uh, Hemingway. So I, I don't know. I don't know really what five words I would, I would use. But but, but that just, kind of I works. Love... That kind of works yeah. for you too. <laughs> the little I know about yeah. you, I know you've just had twins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's amazing, um, but uh, I I thought that uh, I thought that was just a brilliant uh, way to retort. I, I I couldn't. I mean, I'm it's I'm mulling it over in my mind. There's a reason someone's a good writer. I wonder what he would paint like. He didn't paint, did he? Hemingway. No, I don't think so. No. So so you've mastered oil painting, and as a craftsman, you your skills are up there I mean your skills are quite perfected would you ever consider a collaboration it's very it's very people there's a lot of collaboration going on now is that something you do and if so with who um, the only thing I could say about that is um, I I was contacted by a, um, an artist here in LA um, 
called Retina. And he's um, with Maddox. I know him. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a. He's different from you. Interesting guy. Yeah, but and, a great uh, painter. Yes. Yeah, he's developed his own visual language that uh, that has to be uh, contended with. But and, and Retina got uh, in touch with you. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. We were, that's we amazing. were thinking. We were thinking of doing um, uh, something together, and uh, um, so anyway, I, I I thought that would have been actually a, a magnificent. Uh, connection or uh, collaboration so we were thinking of him doing the backgrounds and then i'd put a face on there but that's really the only time i ever thought about collaborating with anybody otherwise i'm just uh, i'm kind of a you know just a solo digger who just keeps digging uh, th- uh, that's a heartwarming story um you know to be liked by retin is a big deal exactly what <laughs> are your fears for humanity uh, and how does painting simultaneously alleviate and exacerbate that psychological state? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I fear for, you know, I fear, I I fear for the, for the soul of the individual. And, and that's really, I think what, what I'm, um, what I'm trying to at the same time resurrect, but then, uh, or keep, in play, uh, and also, uh, warn that there is, um, some serious, uh, problems that, that we're, we're heading up against. And I, you know, 10 years ago when, when I started the project, I never thought it'd be so salient, uh, today, but I, I really do think it's, um, it's a problem. I, I, I see, um, just the freedom of thought and the soul of, uh, of the, of, of subjectivity being, um, loosened and, and, uh, tried to, to be captured and, uh, and used. And that, that frightens me, but also at the same time, I think you're, you're right by painting these images. It, it, uh, it, uh, reaffirms that, freedom and intellect and and uh, that where you will find the soul of humanity is through art I like I like your answer so <laughs> about AI uh, what is your opinion of that there's there shows it there's a show at pace at the moment there's a, another show at Saatchi Yates uh, with augmented reality and AI components to it uh, hmm. How do you feel about artificial intelligence or augmented reality, AI, and so on? You know, I think they're uh, direct expressions from um, these, what do you call them, you, uh, algorithms um, that we humans create, and then you kind of let it go and, and see how that uh, evolves and creates its own self so i mean it's 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 interesting but uh whatever the the art that ai is making right now does not i mean it's not very interesting to me but the whole the the intellectual concept i think is is interesting um so i think you know when you when you think of ai you think it's this uh 
otherworldly uh, expression or um, ideas. And really, it's it's put in place by humans. So it is in a weird, uh, distanced look, uh, also an expression of of where we are and, and what and how we've how we've gotten here. So it's a it's a weird meta feeling for me and I'm, I'm not sure how to uh, uh, intelligently speak to it yeah than... I understand I mean there's an idea that that the devices are like adult pacifiers and that there's potentially mm. a form of mind control or mm-hmm. brain implants I remember seeing Jim Shaw's show at freeze oh, yeah. when they won the booth at Simon Lee and uh, seriously saying suggesting through painting that the elections were affected by mind control and brain implants and ai yeah. and uh, it's hard to know what to say about it but it does seem to be something you believe in i I'd, I'd guess yeah i mean I, I oh yeah i do and and you know i've read articles that uh that um Google, for instance, is able to just by skewing uh, search results and stuff can move an election uh, and an election being um, an expression of free thought and and individuals coming together to uh, determine their future. And that's disturbing. Um, and it, it really is a it's a real thing. And you have these handful of people uh, Silicon Valley, uh, determining the world's future and how they, uh, look at, um, their own lives. And, um, that could easily, uh, turn to a totalitarian fascist, um, state. And, uh, in many ways, that's what I like to, you know, um, in a subtle way say when I have these algorithmic, uh, op art kind of moving in through to the body, uh, into the mind, into, uh, the heads and, uh, and really manipulating it and destabilizing its own, um, subjectivity. And so, I mean, when you talk about that, that that's really where, where it scares me. And, uh, I mean, AI in art, I don't know, um, much about, but, uh, I know when it's uh, um, de- deliberately skewing the views of, of individuals uh, just because it's a search engine um, uh, is really um, haunting. So, so with that awareness, do you look to subcultures or, or, or something outside of society as we know it to influence your thinking or your studio practice where do you turn well i you know i think um well for instance i i uh was working on um a triptych and i took the uh, as as a background the the end of 2001 stanley kubrick's space odyssey mm-hmm. and it was uh this you know this great white room very neoclassical but but otherworldly and alien-like so uh, I took that as um, as the uh, kind of the theater of where I'm putting my um, um, subjects, and I, I suppose I guess you know science fiction is I think a, a 
very interesting. I mean, I'm not like a sci-fi nerd or anything. I wouldn't be able to hold uh, hold up to any of the guys who are really you know into that. But I find it uh, interesting that you know certain uh, landscapes or interscapes that they've been talking about uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago is really uh, uh, a component of what we're dealing with now. And so in some ways, I, I do look into that. And old movies, strangely enough. They're really good, aren't they? I watched uh, yeah. In the Heat of the Night the other day with Rod's, oh, yeah. yeah, Sidney Porche and uh, Rod Steiger. Rod. And I thought of the George Floyd situation earlier this year, yeah. and I'm like, and last summer, the what happened to Michael Stewart, the killing of Michael Stewart, the Basquiat show, I thought, God, you know, the thing about censorship is if you hide history, it's going to repeat itself, and we won't even see yeah. the patterns we're, we're Absolutely. in. And I think sci-fi can cleverly cut through the censors. I... I know I've read you speak about Fahrenheit 451, the Ray Bradbury mm -hmm. book that deals with book burning and so many other things. And I, I just wonder yeah. how we protect ourselves from going into another cycle of this kind of conservativism. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we want to take on the Harvey Weinsteins. We want to make things even. Mm -hmm. But where does the pendulum stop? Yeah, well, it's um, it's not by uh, by censoring uh, history. Um, I know that, and that's that's when you know you get uh, you will you repeat it, obviously, and it's just uh, it's it's renamed and it's um, repackaged and uh, then sold, and most most of these tragedies are are are. Uh, bought by and sold to the majority of people that are convinced because they don't understand history. You know, that's that's a bad road to go down. Yeah, it's, a, it's also quite, in the last 20 years, 25 years, people have valued working and making money over education. Uh, it, it, it's, I understand the practicalities of it, but it does worry me that most people haven't read these books and their minds haven't yeah. been open to these ideas because I suppose the education system failed people with high prices of tuition. I, I don't know how to explain it, but something shifted uh, from my generation where we, we valued education more than anything else to people going, why would I go to school when I could get a job? It's um radical to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cold shift. So if your figures I, came I, to life, how would they sound? And and what would your relationship be with them? I think, is it a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Is it a boss controller? Is it a master slave? We're going over the horrible parts of history. Who are your figures if they're walking <laughs> in this world? <laughs> so glad you laughed. <laughs> uh. It's just kind of silly to think that they'd be walking around. In but this you've world. thought about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I have. Um, it, it's such it's it's such a creative and interesting question. I don't even think I can stand up to the uh, to the pressure of of answering it. Um, other than 
Take a uh, seat. <laughs> um, well, I, I want I want people to see themselves in these paintings. Um, I want them to see the uh, either uh, you know glassy eyed stare into nothing, or this hopeful genuflecting look up to God. Um, I hope they see themselves in these paintings and that these would stick with that and, uh, and, and have them um, possibly pose questions to themselves, uh, whether answerable or not. But, um, but I guess I'd say I, I yeah, I want these, uh, the, it, it depends on who's looking at these paintings. I want them to actually see themselves in them. Are, are your cat, are your, figures americans are they europeans are they from history <laughs> i like that you're laughing <laughs> i've just never been asked these uh, these questions they're very um i think they should be answerable and i'm um i don't know if i'm doing a good, good job great job. um they're uh, they're every man every woman um and uh in fact, I'm doing um, a series of African Americans. Yeah, I'm not trying to tick off all the, uh, you know, the heritages or anything, but um, I want everyone to be able to see um, themselves in these. And uh, so they're world figures, I think, because, you know, what I speak of is literally happening everywhere. So um, I don't see them as American or Europeans really so much as just the every man, every woman. It's funny because I couldn't place them either. They just seem to be that world of the computer screen and how we relate to it, which is every man and every woman. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I never went into this to actually thinking that they were real people to begin with. And I never considered them portraits. So I think that's probably why I've never even, that questions never uh, arose in my head. <laughs> um back back to the business of navigating the art world and uh, how to have a career as an artist and collectors and critics and curators uh, where do you show your work and what's coming up for you in the future uh, the near future distant future and and how do you feel about the changing way we view art whether it's digital platforms virtual viewing rooms or tracked and traced entrance into galleries mm. my, in my i'll quickly just tell you in case you've been caught off guard i find that a lot of more serious cerebral people are making the effort to go out and look at the art and it's less about the red carpets and the champagne mm. cocktails and and people are who are going and signing up and scheduling really do want to look at the art in particular to my work i have noticed even though it it is dealing with digital stuff it photograph it seems to photograph well and uh image uh the images on on the computer or your phone um seem to work okay but i've never especially in this uh, time, pandemic time, when I do deliver painting or I have a, a quasi show here or there, the people who 
come up to me and say, wow, you really need to see these in, in person to get the full effect. I've, I've you know, it's almost universal uh, with my work um, from what I've seen. And I absolutely love that. I think it's a great, uh, great thing because you do it. It's very, you know, I like to work with, you know, very tactile and it's very lush uh, painting that I, I like to, you know, use. And it, it it's very, it's hard to see that on computer screens. So I'm always uh, very glad that when people say that, uh, man, I, I really had no idea until I saw it in person what the, the effect of your paintings, you know, could be. It's enough that the uh, the images got them into the gallery, but uh, to see it in person, well, it's an absolutely different experience. It's less, uh, it's less, you know, it's less cerebral actually, <laughs> and it really it 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 brings you in cerebrally. And then when you see it in person, I want it to be an experience, um, a full on experience. So I, to answer your earlier question, um, I have a show at Maddox uh, in L.A in uh, june so hopefully next year we will uh, be able to uh, open up a little bit more and uh, and have people come and see the, the the show and i hope that i can do another interview with you in june just before the exhibition oh i'd be honored good good because that body of work is going to be amazing i can imagine uh, the world between now and 2021 is going to be full of <laughs> I'm yeah. not putting a word to it <laughs> we shall see um, is there anything that I any rock that I've left unturned in the last few minutes of this interview <laughs> I think you've done uh, probably the best interview I've ever had so I, it, it's, it's been challenging and uh, delightful Thank you. Uh, Justin Bauer, you're a great painter. You've changed uh, my perception on a lot of things. And I think one of the requirements of of painting, especially painting that you want to collect, is that someone, and that you can't stop thinking about, is that someone is able to change the way you think and feel as you move mm. through the world. And you certainly, with your paintings, have shifted the way I think and feel about certain things. So uh, I can't thank you enough. And I'm I'm very excited to be talking to you. Excited isn't the right word. Uh, but I'm, I'm, my mind is being challenged. And I can't, I hope I get to LA to see your show. Well, that's very high praise coming from you. Thank you so much. And uh, I really hope you do too. And I'm, I look forward to uh, having another one of these interviews. Thank you for today. Goodbye. All right. That was an interview with Justin Bauer. That was a private view. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thank you, Soho Radio, for hosting the podcast and Kurosh and Homi for producing. If you like the show, please subscribe. We'll be back again next week. <laughs> <laughs>